Welcome to Big Game Hunger, a show where me and a guest craft the big next game every episode. We'll be taking three random ingredients and blending them together into one incredible game. I'm Jenna Stieber and I crave content. And I'm joined by Dr. Moya McTeer. Doctor! <laughs> Doctor McTeer. Hello. <laughs> Hearing it never gets old. Good. It shouldn't. It's extremely powerful. Uh, who are you and what do you have a hunger for? Ooh, uh, hello, everyone. I am Dr. Moya McTeer, just Moya to my friends. And I am an astrophysicist. I'm a folklorist. I'm a writer, a podcaster. I wear many hats. Um, but because one of my New Year's resolutions was being more honest with myself and others, I will tell you today that I hunger for fame actually like like low key fame not enough that like the paparazzi are all up in my business but enough that when people see me they recognize me and i don't have to go through all the awkwardness of telling them who i am oh i love that i, I do feel bad about making you tell us who you are <laughs> at the top of this but that's a step to fame exactly right? you have to put in your dues yes and now everybody who's listening knows you and knows <laughs> that you're famous you're here aren't you i am here Little yeah. little micro famous. That I actually said um, that the day I got recognized by a complete stranger was the day mm. that I would accept I was a like a not even micro but like a pico celebrity, and that <laughs> happened last year. So <gasps> really, mm -hmm. okay, that's incredible. Okay, uh, I love that for you. Congrats on being pico famous. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Excellent. Um, so we're having you on today uh, because we recently were on ExoLore, your incredible world-building podcast mm -hmm. uh, that I highly recommend just listening to every episode too. It's incredible. It's such a good show. Uh, and we were on it and we world-built a built world. <laughs> oh, we, we literally did. Yeah, we created a world <laughs> that was intentionally created by someone who just loves to make crafts because Jenna and I uh, bonded over the fact that we are both very into crafting. Yes, and have New Year's resolutions surrounding craft ideals that we're hoping to emulate mm -hmm. this year. That is also why I hit craft in the, the opening sentence. So if you were wondering why I did that, <laughs> it's because it was a crafted world. It's all yarn and wood burning and no ceramics. You'll understand if you when you listen to the episode. <laughs> but uh, it was all a beautiful built world uh, inhabited by beetles that love crafts mm -hmm. and also automatons made of crafts. Yeah. embroidered, silk-woven, beautiful, an incredible world. Honestly, very proud of it. Oh, I'm proud of it, too. You were a fantastic guest. I love every guest who comes with an intention that I did not see coming. <laughs> I could not have predicted that we were going to make a yarn world. And here comes Jenna, like, I'm going to tell Moy to make a yarn world. And it was perfect. So thank <laughs> you. Can I tell you my deep, dark secret? Please. And when I was thinking about what kind of world I wanted to build in my heart of hearts, I was like, I hope Dr. Moya McTeer knows stuff about yarn because I would love to make a knitted world. <laughs> and then when you said your resolution was to knit, I was like, it's wow. happening. Wow. It's all happening. The universe provides. 
<laughs> it was truly just like my heart skipped a beat. Uh, and so I'm so proud of the world that we made. And I'm excited to build upon it today with some sort of game set in that world and in that universe that we created. Uh, so this is where I ask you, what's your experience with games? You game? You gamer? I, mm, I wouldn't call myself a gamer. I do love some types of games. I love a card game. Spades is my favorite. I am in need of a good spades partner for anyone out there who wants to throw their hat in the (laughs) ring. Um, I only like video games if they are non-timed and if they're collaborative and if they're puzzle solving games. So I don't I don't know how I didn't bring this up in our Exolore episode, but one of my favorite video games that I've ever played, one of like three, was called Unravel 2. Oh, yeah. And it's two little yarn characters. Yeah. And the gameplay is that the the two yarn characters use the string connecting them to fling each other around the, the board. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that because it had interesting physics in it. So those uh-huh. are the types of games I like. Okay. I thought you, for a moment, I thought you were going to say It Takes Two, which is a game that I'm just going to recommend to you and I'll send you a link to. But it came out a couple of years ago. It's a, a two player game where you play as this married couple who gets shrunk down and you, they become like yarn people okay. and they have to kind of borrow their way through a world. Uh, and I think it would be really up your alley. So I'll send you a link to that later. So up my alley. Um, Thank you. Unraveled is a great touchstone, actually, uh, for the kind of game that we could make. Mm -hmm. So hold on to that as I roll our dice to see what we get on our prompt list. Uh, And we can abandon if those things, if we don't like them and do an unraveled like game, because that would be really fun. Mm -hmm. Okay, the words I got are, (laughs) the adjective description is anarchist. Ooh. I think it's gonna be brought up in our XLR episode. (laughs) Yes, I was gonna say, we did talk about that. We didn't really decide on anything, which I think is actually perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our premise is cooking, uh, which I think is also (laughs) relevant. Uh, And our our type of gameplay, and I think we should abandon this immediately, is weird kart racer. So like a racing game. (laughs) Like Mario Kart, where they all have their different... vehicles yes and i don't okay. I, it's what's weird about this one is that it has an adjective <laughs> it has an adjective in the type of gameplay even though the whole premise of this show is that there isn't a separate adjective list <laughs> so why would i double dip like that right I, no reason other than i could i think we should abandon that and do a two-player unravel alike. how do you feel about that yeah i, I like that idea because i uh, am not very familiar with most types of like video games i think you're uh, familiar with the one that you need to be, which Great. is <laughs> two-player unraveled alike. Because um, that game is is so delightful because they are using like the constituent yarn of their body to interact with the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a great premise to build on based on the, the crafted world that we made. Yes, where people aren't made of yarn, like the beetle people in the world aren't made of yarn, but they have prosthetics that are made of various crafting materials. So they, we could also incorporate it into our game that they can use some some other materials. Have you ever done Odyssey of the Mind? No, I'm not familiar with this. Okay, well, it's, it's a thing that they do for school children. The whole point is to think creatively. So like think outside of the box. And okay. they had these challenges where you were supposed to solve a a physical puzzle, but you were allowed 
to use the supplies they gave you and any supplies you had in your pockets when you walked into the room. So I think that we could employ that here. I love that. Okay. How okay, how would we implement that in a gameplay setting? I think oh. it would have like when you're designing your character, you can choose like, oh. you know, I'm going to sacrifice this leg and give them a leg that is a safety pin. And then one of their mm. arms is a a string with beads on it. And like you are giving up limbs, but you are getting these extra materials that could be useful later. I okay. There's so much I love that. First of all, I love a game with extensive character creation. <laughs> Obviously, one of my favorite parts of games is to make a cool little creature, and especially if it's a cool little a crafted beetle. Mm-hmm. Get out. That's a whole game. That is a whole game itself. I would love a beetle pick crew where I get to make a little beetle made out of craft stuff. Yes. And I love this this additional layer, which is that the game maybe doesn't necessarily upfront tell you mm-hmm. that the things that you are making your beetle of are going to have use. So the first time you play, maybe you make a beetle that looks really cool. And you make a punk rock beetle <laughs> covered in safety pins. And then when you get into the world, you're like, oh, I made a unitasker. <laughs> I need to mix this up some. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining all of the like chat boards for the for the players be like giving hints about what to put on your character for what levels of the game. Ooh, I love that. Okay, and I think in between each level, maybe you are given the option to kind of swap out a piece because that was a big part of of what we described is that because these beetles go around and do all of the different crafts of the world, they get to have experience with all of them. So maybe you go through one of these worlds and at the end, you have the option to like swap out one of your safety pins for some yarn. (laughs) And then in the next level, when you see those pegs at the top of the screen that you know you can lasso onto, you're like, I can finally interact with those, get to secret areas. Oh, that's amazing. And then uh, don't like a lot of video games have that virtual pack that has like a hundred swords in it and you could never physically (laughs) carry them all. Our game has that, but it's just it's crafting supplies. Yes. I love that so much. Yeah, you open it. You've got literally every size of knitting needle, circular, Mm -hmm. double pointed. You've got them all. That that is my personal dream Mm -hmm. for my knitting inventory. So true, because gathering the inventory is almost as much of an art form as using it. (laughs) Yeah, arguably a separate skill. And I think if you craft, you at a certain point acknowledge that maybe you're better at gathering craft supplies than you are making stuff with them. And you have to have a a come to great crafter moment (laughs) where you're like, oh, God, I've just got to do something with this stuff. Uh, I like that. Okay, so there's probably an aspect of this world. So the the concept of the world we made in Exolore was that everything was made out of crafted goods. I think there should be an element in this game that is, as we're saying, about gathering materials and uh, using those materials in in your body, and in and then maybe maybe there's a point later on where you can build your first automaton if you have enough materials. Oh, I love that! Yeah, yeah, you're going you're going around, and it's like the it can be kind of quest like where you have to gather specific materials to make the automaton, but other materials mm. to just like um, not survive because we've determined that. They actually don't eat these these beetles don't eat food. They eat effort. <laughs> they eat like perspiration and will, you know? Yes. So, dedication. Uh, and so but there can be other things that they have to do along 
the way, other things that they have to gather just to like take care of the society. Yeah. Okay. I'm here's what I'm imagining, but let's talk this through. I'm imagining that like Unraveled, this is kind of a platforming game mm -hmm. where there, you know, like there there are moments where you'll have to use a yarn to like to swing over a gap, or you'll come to like a locked door and you have to use your wire arm to lock pick it or something <laughs> like that. That's kind of what I'm imagining. But there is also the possibility that this is a Stardew Valley-like kind of uh, farming game. Mm. But instead of farming, because that's not really how they do in this world, you're like unraveling crafts in order to get the effort out of it. Uh, oh. But maybe that's something we could implement in the platforming world? Yeah, I, I would like to stick with a platformer. Okay. Um, okay. And also... We talked in the Exolore episode about these automatons and their, their purpose. And the automatons in this world, they do the unraveling of the crafts. So yeah. I think I wouldn't want the player to then have to like go unravel crafts. That's smart. That's smart. Okay. Do you ever play as the automaton doing like mini games where you're like unraveling, like you're frogging a sweater or something to get the yarn from it, mm. which is uh, satisfying in some ways, but horrifying in other ways when you have to do it in real life? <laughs> yeah, I love the idea of, of like mini games where you play the yeah. automaton, for sure. I do too. I just like mini games. Yeah. I like those extra side quests. That yeah. you get to go on and it feels separate. It's like a little palate cleanser for the rest of the game. Yes. Yeah. Something that's kind of breaking up the energy of the platformer, keeping you on your toes, yes. keeping you on exactly. your little beetle legs. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have toes. <laughs> oh, they're so cute. So really shiny. good. Um, here's actually, here's a really good question. Are you familiar with Hollow Knight? That's, is that different from Shove? Is there shoveling? There is a shovel knight. The okay. Hollow Knight is different. Hollow Knight is a kind of a platforming battle -y game, but everybody in it is beetles <laughs> uh, or little insects of different kinds. Uh, but they're sort of, they're kind of anthropomorphized. So my question is to you, do we want to have beetle beetles? Do we want to have like semi-human beetles? What are we thinking of style-wise? I'm thinking look-wise beetle beetles, but yeah. they just are more dexterous. Okay. Okay. I like that. Maybe we, maybe we give them fingers. <laughs> Can we do beetles and we give them fingers, but no toes? They're just like little Popeyes with giant forelegs and then teeny tiny little beetle back legs. <laughs> Okay, I like that. My my first instinct is that you were suggesting that the, the six-legged beetles and every single one of their legs also had like five fingers. And I was like, that is conceptually a struggle. Uh, but I, you're just the first two. Okay. Just the first two. Okay, just the first two have little grasping fingers. I actually think that's really important. We did not discuss at all no. how that would function in Exolore. Um, but you do have to have a lot of dexterity to do all of the crafts that we mentioned. Uh, and you're you're going to need fingers and thumbs to like do smelting and stuff. Yeah. So we really just glossed over that. We were like, yeah, th th it's crafting, but beetles. This this creature that has no digits, yes, crafting. 
It's because all I was thinking about was pointy little beetle legs being the knitting needles. Oh my god! Yes, yes. So their first two, their first two might have to use the knitting needles, but then they imagine the more complicated things they can make if their other four legs are also being used as knitting needles. Whoa. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, let's. I think. I think having the two front legs. <laughs> have digits of some some kind in order to interact is really important. I think the other four legs could potentially be knitting needles of different sizes. And I hear I think you could have portions where there you'd have to like knit a bridge. Yes. And this can be like part of the multiplayer aspect. One of the most beautiful things about crafting to me is that there are many ways to do the same thing. And so mm-hmm. this is a game where like maybe you could crochet a bridge. You could macrame yes. a bridge. You could beat yes. a bridge. Um, and it just depends on what resources you have and whether or not you're collaborating. Because like crocheting is just one needle, but knitting Ooh. is two. And maybe we could like inject it into the game that if you want to knit a bridge, you have to have two people. I, yes, I like that. Yeah, because crocheting, crocheting is really good for like long chains really quickly mm-hmm. or like or like beautiful little squares that you're kind of building on circularly. And that is different from knitting. So I do think there will be, yeah, there should be portions of the game that are, that you can solve with either of these things or uh, portions where you can only do with knitting and some that you can only do with crocheting. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be Everything, every kind of uh, craft that we get in here should kind of play into that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Oh, that's so cool. And each of them, here's my pitch, each of them should have their own really, really small mini game, like almost like almost like quick time events, but a little bit more than that. Uh, so like when you get to the the knitting portion, it is like you have to hit like almost like a rhythm game. You have to hit them in a certain, a certain knitting style rhythm yes. to get a, a bridge. Mm-hmm. And those can also serve as like little tutorials if you like those mini games you yeah. you can't be punished you just do them as many times as it takes to learn the skill cuz i think this game should be playable for people who aren't crafty themselves yes is there okay <laughs> so rock band uh had modes eventually like professional modes where you could like quasi learn to play the instruments using the <laughs> video game i don't know how many people did that and actually got any skills from it but it was a concept that was in the game is there a mode in our craft game <laughs> where it is more realistic and potentially teaching you things about these crafts yes Yes, I actually was thinking of it as like the second release on Wii where you ha- you can use the controllers as needles. <gasps> that would be so fun. Yeah. <gasps> yes, detaching detaching the 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 switch mm-hmm. emotes uh and and using them in with physical gestures. Yes. I love the idea of doing that. That's really fun. I would totally learn how to knit on a video game if if like that's how I learned I'd be so happy. I am shocked. I can't I can't think of a single game that has done that and I'm genuinely shocked that that such a thing does not exist. I don't think they teach you how to knit in uh Kirby's Epic Yarn, <laughs> which is a shame. Lost opportunity. Yeah, it would be so fun. Okay. I love this. This this is I, I, secretly I always want cooking games to teach me how to cook mm. and uh, that's never really the point of them. I don't know if I've ever played a cooking game where I feel like 
it is actually teaching me cooking skills and that's fine. That's not the point of them, but it, it would be cool. So I love that this game is offering that opportunity. So let's talk about the anarchist aspect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like that can come in to like the the meta story of the game. Have you played Unravel okay. 2? A little bit. I never finished it. Okay. I played some of the Unraveled games, yeah. There's this hauntingly beautiful backstory. Like you're running through the platformer and then behind the two little yarn characters are what appears to be two almost orphaned children running through the the woods. Oh. <laughs> um, so haunting, but so beautiful. And I feel like we could incorporate anarchy in in a similar way where like there's a story in the background of like the government and and like society collapsing into <laughs> anarchy, perhaps led by the beetle. <gasps> the beetle. The <laughs> Like Ooh. I'm also thinking that maybe the beetle could be like the like the big boss. Oh, okay. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, let's address the beetle, which is uh, another creation that we <laughs> that you incredibly you just perfectly nailed on Exolore. Just like the and and I use this metaphor accurately. You threaded the needle so perfectly on that. Just really incredible work. Almost um, as well as you did with that metaphor. <laughs> thank you. Um I love the idea of the beetle as the big bad. And let me offer let me offer a potential angle on this creature. We talked about in Exolore how there are like two classes of equal divine workers. You have the the beat the real life beetles and their descendants that are have like these kind of craft prosthetics and are, are part craft, but which are are still organic creatures. And then you have the craft automatons that kind of coexist. And the original beetles are the crafter and the craft automatons are the ones kind of processing goods. What if the beetle was originally an organic creature that replaced all of their organic materials to become a full craft cyborg, yes. thus kind of violating this natural boundary between the two. Yes, that's perfect. I love that. Ooh. That would that would lead to anarchy in this this craft world that we've constructed because there's this divide between the automatons and and the organic beetles where they have carefully constructed a balance between the two yes. of them and the beetles coming along messing everything up and like disturbing that that line that divides them i love that yes in their in their strive i don't know if the automatons are uh, immortal uh cuz craft goods aren't they wear out <laughs> <laughs> but they can be repaired and mm -hmm. replaced. But we're getting into a ship of Theseus kind of style right. here. Um, but I think that is what the beetle was. Like, I think the beetle started out as organic and then in this strive for immortality replaced every single piece of themselves. And so are they even are who are they? What are they? Exactly. Their transgression. Exactly. That would send at least me and I think many of the other organic beetles into existential spirals. <laughs> like yeah. if what does our whole culture of trying to emulate the great crafter even mean if we can become a craft? No. Oh. Chaos. Oh. That's so it is chaos and it's so strong and it's such like <laughs> 
it's it's both so abstracted from our world, but also has such potential as like a sci-fi concept, which I love. Yeah. May, may I propose a, like a, a plot, like a storyline yes. for, for the game? Um, the organic beetle or the pair of organic beetles that you play are on a quest to try and find evidence, like documentation, that the beetle was once an oh. organic creature. Oh, oh, I love yeah. that. So your world is crumbling down around you, and these two are like, no, we got, we got to go find the the truth, and and then that that's that's the game. I love that. Okay, I love. Okay, building on that, this I love the idea that the beetle arrives seemingly out of nowhere, which is also like unacceptable in this world because everything is crafted. And so like all of the automatons have a lineage, you know who made them, mm -hmm. but there's this beetle coming out of nowhere claiming to have no creator and nobody is claiming them as their creation. And so th this is anathema to the world. And that is like this provoking thing that that is sending you on this quest. These two beetles who have been charged with like, you have to figure out who made this beetle and then as you progress you realize they made themselves that's one of the most beautiful storylines i've ever heard oh <laughs> i would play that would is play such this a game cool so concept oh my god oh my god <laughs> i'm sweating Hey, let me tell you about Tab for a Cause. Tab for a Cause is a browser extension that lets you raise money for charity while doing your thing, the thing you do online all the time, which is opening tabs. With Tab for a Cause, whenever you open a new tab, you'll see a beautiful photo and a small little ad, and part of that ad money goes towards a charity of your choice. As of last year, Tab for a Cause helped people raise $1.5 million for charity, all by leveraging the power of opening a new tab. Tab for a Cause supports charities like The Bail Project and Point of Pride, so whatever charity you feel strongly about, you can have ad money sent directly to them. You can join Team Big Game Hunger by signing up at tabforacause.org slash bgh, or click the link in the podcast episode description. I hope you're enjoying Big Game Hunger. You should check out some of the other shows that are part of the Multitude Collective while you're here. Why, I think you'd like Join the Party. Join the Party is an actual play podcast with tangible worlds, genre-pushing storytelling, and collaborators who make each other laugh each week. They're having an incredible time, and it comes through in every single episode. DM Eric and the empathic players Amanda, Brandon, and Julia welcome everyone to the table, from longtime TTRPG players like myself to folks who've never touched a role-playing game before. Are your hands unsullied by dice? You would be welcome here. Hop into The Current Campaign, which is a pirate story set in the world of plant and bug folk, which is extremely fun. Or marathon the completed stories with the campaign, a Monster of the Week game set in a weird summer camp, campaign, plus campaign two for a modern superhero game, and campaign one for a high fantasy story. And once a month, they release the after party, where they answer your questions about the show and how they play the game. Hey, so what are you waiting for? Pull up a chair and join the party. Search for Join the Party in your podcast app or go to jointhepartypod.com. Is the Beatle a villain from our perspective as the player? Oh, that's a great question. 
is the beetle really hurting anyone? I don't think so, unless its mere presence is unraveling, pun intended, their society Uh. and, like, so they don't eat, but they they do need some sort of fuel, and the fuel is the effort that the automatons produce by unbraiding or unknitting the crafts that have already been made. And if the beetle's presence is preventing that process from happening, then other people are being hurt. But I feel like the okay. like the beetle probably wouldn't tell the automatons to stop unraveling things. So one of the major, uh, I mean, among the many things keeping us from transferring our human brains into a digital format is that our brains are huge and not physically huge, but like conceptually computerized huge, mm-hmm. like the magnitudes of our our thought processes and the uh, electric energy that our brains send to each other to make our bodies function is just um, so many magnitudes larger than computers are capable of storing. And like that is an issue for for transforming ourselves into digital creatures. What if that is also conceptually true in this world? And what if the beetle takes actually a huge amount of both raw materials in the form of crafts, but also effort Mm. to maintain itself because it has violated this natural order. Jenna, you're a genius. (laughs) Because, yep, that's that's what's happening. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then, and then it becomes this thing where they are hogging a disproportional amount of resources, mm-hmm. which is uh, an immoral act in our world and within the world of these beetles. I cannot help but think that we have just made uh, an allegory for AI. <laughs> I just and then feeding it out in this weird, horrible format. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that is the tragic conclusion of the game, which is that our main characters realize that the beetle, the process of making the beetle was not perfect. And and this isn't actually a one-to-one recreation of the real organic beetle, but kind Mm. kind of a sad, mutated... I mean, I'm thinking about AI, just all the words I would apply to any AI art where it is just like it's it is unnatural and it is it is removed from the natural order of creativity. And that's what the beetle is. And it's it's soulless. Yes. That's what I think oh. of when I think of AI art. And maybe like it's because they have this society that we we didn't really dig into this, but it seems like it's a nice place. It seems like people are kind to each other. They work together to make their society. And if something came along and was just such like a an unnatural, soulless being, then yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think like the, the, pro- the arc of the plot is you discovering like who the original Beetle was versus who what this Beetle is and understanding that they're not complete and they never will be complete because something has been lost in that transformation. Yes. And the post credit scene to the to the game is like a little vignettes of the original organic beetle's life and how it was this just like very sweet and caring but ambitious beetle. Oh, it's tragic. Mm-hmm. Oh no, really bittersweet. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but in in the end it's the best thing like they they will unravel the world given the choice because mm-hmm. they're just they're mindless and soulless they're just an automaton not like the beautiful automatons of this world yes it's really good 
Someone pay <sighs> us to, to make this day. <laughs> that is how I feel after every episode. I'm like, this is good. This is a good concept. This is a good game. I've got a really important question about the aesthetics of this game. Mm-hmm. So there has been, I would say, in the last couple of years, this is always there have always been instances in video games of craft materials making it through. I think a, a really good example is um, like clay models being used for like Donkey Kong and being photographed from different angles and then kind of being animated that way. So cool. I'm pretty certain that was Donkey Kong. Don't quote me on that. Uh, I need to do just need to do a video on this because I think it's super fascinating. But in recent years, probably as a result of like this Paper Mario epic Yoshi's Epic Yarn trend, there have been more and more indie video games that are like hand drawn. Mm. I have also seen animation that is hand embroidered every frame of it. What? Yeah. Yeah, it is bonkers. I I cannot recommend enough looking it up. You can find them on Tumblr or just Google it. Yeah, but it's like it's it's like a walking animation where every frame has been embroidered and then fed together. Or like this is a watercolor game. Ooh. So like this is a trend that we're seeing more and more. Okay. Is our game handcrafted? Yes. I think in this <laughs> like the the bit of, of like the world where this game is actually being made, I think it should be made as like a giant fuck you to generative AI and it should <laughs> employ as many like crafters and artists as possible so that every different level has a different Ooh. style based on the type of crafting that you have to do to pass that level. Oh, I love that. Okay, so each each platforming level, you will go through like one that's predominantly yarn. Yes, predominantly, oh. but not only. And then there's a predominantly beading. There's a predominantly metalwork. And, oh. and for all of those different levels, I think the aesthetic should kind of mirror that level's um, craft. The idea of like a Bayou tapestry level where it is just like – a fully tapestried level. And like that's the scroll in the background is like a tapestry oh, yes. scroll, like mimicking like old pixel games where it was just like uh, uh, just like this repeating frame or like old cartoons where it was just a repeating frame going in the background. But it's it's all beaded. It's like this beautiful beaded landscape. Yes. <gasps> Imagine the, the wire work ones. And uh, have you seen that that moving statue that's like the metal slats of the man and the woman and then they appear to move through each other? No, but that sounds incredible. It is incredible. But I'm like, yeah, I'm picturing like all of the beings on on the metalworking level are all just like wire sculptures. I I think this is such an incredible idea. I and I'm just thinking about like all of the like we could get some quilting artists in who yes. like are like top tier quilting artists and they could come in and like deploy their craft art in, in to make these incredibly unique levels. Oh, that's so cool. Yay. And would be uh, visually striking. Are there awards given out for video game? Does, there must be. I I know that's a ridiculous question, but there are. Are there like Oscar level awards for video games? Uh, uh, yes and no. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would say yes and no. BAFTA has started to give out awards for video games, which is cool. cool. Um, but yes, a game. Yeah, for art style. I actually don't know if the game the game awards is the big one, but everybody hates it. Uh, <laughs> oh, so it is like the Oscars. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if they have uh, an award for art style, but they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is something that they should be rewarding more, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I think, and the, just the amount of craft artists that this would employ, uh, it would be an insane amount. It would be so expensive. It really would. <laughs> uh, like but it would be worth it. The Carnegie fa- family is, is sponsoring this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carnegie. Who, who are you alive? Come on. It's, we're, we're not a library, but you should give us some money. Yeah, get at us or the Vanderbilts will, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't, the Biltmores will. So what I'm, do you... I've been watching too much Gilded Age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is also um, thinking of Cuphead. Have you seen much of Cuphead? No, I've never even heard of this. Oh, Cuphead's incredible. Uh, Cuphead is it is built it is made in like uh, retro animation style, so it is all hand animated. All of the bosses, all of the character movements, uh, and they also did use like three D models that they hand built and then used video to to capture them as for some of the backgrounds. It's just. It, Incredible. I clearly just need to do a video on this. <laughs> this is so good. Okay, let's think about the specific kind of parts that we want our player characters to be built on. Uh, I'm imagining six legs and wings as like the basis. Mm-hmm. Are there any other parts we want them to have? No, I'm not this type of scientist. But when I picture a zoomed in picture of these beetles... They have are, mandibles, like the little the things on their yeah. mouths that are that are like claws. I think mandibles. I don't know if they actually have those, but I think something like that, something like an antenna. Yes, or a horn, or a horn of some kind. I feel like because they're crafty and because they're not like super dexterous, we've given them their their little hands, but mm-hmm. they're not like human hands. I'd say give them a horn, give them something that they can like wrap. Some extra yarn around. <gasps> yes, storage. <laughs> Some storage, yeah. Okay, I like that a lot, yes. <laughs> but I also, I feel like beetles are one of those families of insects where there there is a lot of diversity in what they can look like, so... That's true. There's a real base model, mm-hmm. much like a lot of crafts. There's a base model, but then the specificity that you're bringing to it is where the creativity is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that'll be helpful for us from a gameplay angle where it's like you have these this core set of things that you're going to be animating and interacting with, but the part, the specific parts of them can be kind of swapped out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, what kind of crafts do we want to implement in this? Uh, we've already talked about a bunch. So we talked about quilting, beading, embroidery, knitting, uh, crocheting. Are there any others that we want to incorporate? I think um, braiding, plaiting, braiding, macrameing, things that are – they're related to um, knitting and crocheting, but it, it's slightly different. Uh, we talked about wood burning in the Exolore episode, yes. even though fire is kind of anathema to the world, but something yeah. like carving or etching – Sculpting. Oh, sculpting. We didn't talk at all about sculpting, but that's fun. Sculpting is really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, is sculpting going to be too powerful, though? Because you could, well, maybe not. Because uh, I think there's an upper limit to how much you could sculpt. Because, again, as we talked about in Exolore, fire is very dangerous mm-hmm. to the world. And so it more or less is taboo. And so you couldn't really, you could sculpt things, but you couldn't fire them to have the strength. So I don't know if you could make like a bridge with your sculpting, but I bet you could make some, you could make some upward 
some sort of climbable features with it. Yeah, I'm picturing just sculpting from existing um, formations of, of hard material. So if Ooh. there was like a long rock bridge, which in this world would be like yeah. um, hard glitter or Legos or something, they could they could <laughs> chew at it. I'm also picturing that their sculpting is them like chewing. <gasps> with their little mandibles picking away yeah. at it? Yes. Yeah, and so okay. it's very precise because it's very, very small scale. Yes. Mm -hmm. I like that too because a lot of um, platformers will have some sort of dig capability where that you can get down and there will be like things as you're tra traversing the level, you'll be like, oh, I can see that there's a, uh, a a bolt of fabric down there, but I can't reach it and, and have that be one of the bonuses I get for this level because I didn't take any sculpting tools. Mm. So I can't dig down in the earth to get it. But if oh. they, they were born with their sculpting tools, then that's not a problem. Yes. Yeah, there's yes. weaving. We talked about the the silk rivers on the world, um, soldering, any type of metalwork, I think we said. Yeah. Are there any yes. other crafts? I think that is a really good list. Stained glass. We do stained <gasps> glass. How would you implement stained glass in a puzzle-solving situation? You have to Maybe. arrange the stained glass pieces to um, like a puzzle. Oh, oh, yes, of course. Of course. Yes, a literal puzzle. A literal puzzle. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. I was thinking like, well, if you if you get the sun into it, you could make heat from it or it, but no. <laughs> a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. It should just be a puzzle. <laughs> the answer is so clear. Uh ironically, uh <laughs> So, okay, yes. Yeah, I love the idea that the if you have the stained glass tools, which I don't know what those are. I guess so soldering. Yeah. Right? Because you'd be melting the melting the liquid to stick, to stick them all together. Mm -hmm. And there's some like washing and um, polishing that you can do. But since they can't make their own glass in this world, they don't have to worry about most of that. That's what I love as the stained glass skills is it is a collectible. So you're gathering each, maybe each level has a stained glass picture that you can make at the end and you have to you have to run through it and gather all the pieces mm -hmm. to make it at the end. Ooh, yes. And can there be an expert level? Maybe there's an expert level where you are going against another player and it's almost <sighs> like because you said it's a collectible, like it's a finite resource, almost yeah. like a game of musical chairs where you have to go <laughs> around and there's like one less piece than what everyone needs. So you have to race the other person to get all your pieces before you put them together. That is fun. I, I love the idea of this cooperative game also having <laughs> craft craft competitions. <laughs> Give the people what they want. <laughs> yes. I love that. Okay. Where you have to, yeah, where you're you're competing, you're doing like a timed race mm -hmm. to get as many stained glass pieces as you can to make your your images. And I think they're I, here's a question. Are there set images that you're trying to recreate like a puzzle? Mm. Or are there versions where it's just like you're given a bunch of, of stained glass pieces and you can arrange them however? I think the first one for regular yeah. level gameplay. And then yeah. just like there's the advanced uh, competitive version, I think there should be <laughs> the chill version where like you just get to make a pretty picture. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yes, this game should have <laughs> portions where it is just about the joy of crafting. <laughs> Look, this game is already going to take millions of dollars to make. Let's just add extra things. 
<laughs> That's the beauty of this podcast is we don't have to have any follow through. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yes, this this game about crafting, because that's the joy of crafting is that uh, you're given tools, but you're not given the right way to use them. Or like there's there's methods to use them, but you get to customize it as much as you want. Mm-hmm. So there should be right answers because it's still a game and you should have specific puzzles that you're trying to form. But there should be like a creative mode where you're just like you can build your own levels using all of these pieces. And it's just more freeform and more more open. And then that indulges that feeling of crafting. Well, the marketing campaign for this game is, hey, have you ever wanted to spend all the time making a knitted scarf and then not have a knitted <laughs> scarf to show for it at the end? People love that. <laughs> People do love that, though. I, 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 this has stuck with me, but years and years and years ago, I used to do ninjutsu. I knew somebody who did ninjutsu, too, who was like, yeah, I used to play World of Warcraft, but then I, like just tons and tons and tons of World of Warcraft, because that's how you play that game. Mm-hmm. And he was like, one day I realized I could be spending all this time becoming an actual ninja instead of being a ninja in the video <laughs> game. And he stopped playing World of Warcraft forever and just became a hardcore person who did ninjutsu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think about that a lot sometimes when I'm playing a game and I'm just like, I could just be a wizard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, a terrible way of thinking about video games. But the answer is yes. Uh, sometimes you just want to sit and play a game that tells you you're knitting the exact mm-hmm. right way. Uh, and then you don't have to, you just have to buy the game. You don't have to buy all the yarn and the needles and stuff. That's true. And like, you've already given your handmade scarves and hats to everyone you know anyway. So. Yes, they're full. They don't need anymore. <laughs> you don't need anymore. It's time to eat. Your choices are either elevate to sweaters or buy our game. <laughs> That's the marketing campaign. <laughs> Uh, what do we want to name this game? Is is the name oh. The Beetle? Or is that giving too much away? I don't think that's giving too much away. I think that's a nice pun yes. because you you know from the beginning of the game that you play a beetle and that it's a craft-based game. Mm. So people would probably think it's just a pun. <gasps> and it is, but it's a very meaningful pun. You don't realize that it's a character until you're in the game. I love that. That's such a good, nice part of the overarching mystery of the game mm-hmm. where eventually, yeah, yeah, eventually you slowly realize, oh, the beetle, that, that's who we're trying to find. That's who we're trying to uncover. Mm-hmm. So I, I think like the full name should be something like not Beatles or Vent, but like Beatles Awakening Ooh. or like Beatles Awakening Beatles Quest. Nice. Beatles Quest? Beatles Quest. Hold on. That sounds almost too familiar. I don't know why, though. I like the word awakening because we talked about how, like, the beetle is this kind of soulless, soulless creature. And then then you have this parallel meaning of, like, the, the awakening of the beetle, but also the beetles, the creatures awakening mm-hmm. to the beetle's truth, like the truth of this creature. I like Beatles All awakening. Right. Perfect. Ooh, I'm writing that down. Ooh, that feels good. <laughs> I was really nervous about that part of the episode, but th- then it worked out. Yeah, in my experience, either it's r- very straightforward because <laughs> it's based on something we've already said that's absolutely brilliant, as in this case, uh, or it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> 
Naming things usually goes that way. It does. It just genuinely does feel that way where you either have like that snap of inspiration and you're like, I know, or it's it's gonna be an absolute struggle, an absolute uphill struggle to get anything that makes sense and is interesting. Uh, and so I'm really glad we just nailed it. Thanks to your yes. pre- preemptive genius in coming up with that phrase. <laughs> All, long live the beetle. Long live the beetle. No, not in our game. No, <laughs> but that's uh, what the beetle that, wants. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, God save the beetle. <laughs> Crafters save the beetle. Crafters save the beetle. Oh, may the great crafter unravel you in time. Oh, uh, I want a world where I have the time to embroider that on a pillow. Oh my God. I genuinely, this, uh, more than anything, I hope this episode provokes some craft based fan art. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just want to see everybody's cool jeweled beetles. They'd be so pretty. Oh, it would be so pretty. Uh, Dr. Moya McTeer, do you have anything to plug? I have too many things to plug. I, uh, You've heard about Exolore, which is my world-building podcast. I also host an astronomy podcast for people who are like low-key afraid of space. It's called Pale Blue Pod. I have a, a, like a lovely comedian co-host, Corinne Caputo. Um, I have a book out. It's called The Milky Way, an autobiography of our galaxy because I wrote it from the galaxy's point of view. And so cool. uh, I also read the audiobook in case you like my voice um, and you would rather hear my words than read them. Uh, I am working on book number two, but that's not coming out until 2026. So I will not be preemptively plugging that. That'd be counting all my chickens before they hatch. (laughs) Yeah, and they don't hatch for like two years now. Is that the incubation period for a chicken? Oh, for a book. Uh, It's the... (laughs) Yeah, for your book specifically, it's coming out in 2026. Maybe three years if it's coming out towards the end. True. True. Yeah. It's because this one requires a lot more research um, than Mm. my last one. Well, I mean, I would argue that you did the research for the first one as you are an astrophysicist. You're right. I I did a PhD's worth of research (laughs) for the first book. (laughs) So really, they're not giving me enough time to write the second one is what we've just realized. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely not. Okay, You're going to need another five to seven years. (laughs) (laughs) Never again. Never again. I'm so done with school. Um, but yeah, you can you can yeah. find me online. Um, I'm Go Astro Mo on the socials, and my website is moyamictier.com. Excellent. Uh, you're gonna have to come back in two years when your book is out, since it's craft related, yes. and we'll revisit this one. We'll do a t- different genre. That'd be so fun. We can do a game um, on Mount Olympus because the second book is gonna be written from the Greek muses' perspectives. Because why write a book from my own point of view? Oh, when you could be the Greek muses. Exactly. <laughs> Incredible. All right. Big Game Hunger is a part of the Multitude Collective of podcasts, much like Exolore is. Edited and mixed by the talented Misha Stanton and created and hosted by me, Jenna Stever. To support this show directly, subscribe at patreon.com slash the Jenna. And if you're enjoying it, don't forget to tell people about it so they can enjoy it as well. Or leave a, a review on whatever podcast app that you use. Doctor! What's one word, adjective, gameplay type, premise, or et cetera that you would like to add to the ingredient list? Oh, okay. I've been very excited for this. Um, This is my second favorite word in the English language. Squishy. (laughs) Exactly. Squishy. You can't not at least smile. Usually you'll giggle. 
when you hear the word squishy. <laughs> it is a really sad. That is a really good word. Um, can I ask what your first favorite word is? Yeah, it's uh, it's petrichor. Petrichor, the smell of rain. Mm-hmm. Ah, thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Moya McTeer. Oh, thanks for having me. This was a, a beautiful game. I, I have trouble with video games. I don't have very good hand-eye coordination, but I would actively go out and buy this game. You're going to crush it when it definitely comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Big Game Hunger. And don't forget to wishlist The Beatles Awakening on Steam. Release date, TBD.